Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Witching Hour. Guess what? We're going to make a few changes around here. I've had all my COVID vaccinations. I've had my shots and I'm getting out more. So I want to change things up. I want to tell you some of the things I'm doing, some of the things that you could actually do with me. I want to do a little more magic in the show. And then, of course, bring you my wonderful guests that I always do. I also want to tell you about my new puppy. I've got a new puppy and she's fabulous. So let's just get started. Um, I just got back from Salem, my very first trip to Salem. Yes, a witch has never been to Salem. That's the craziest thing you've ever heard. <laughs> it's been on my bucket list forever and ever. I've been all around the world and never been to Salem. It's like, well, I did. I went with my vampire friend, Father Sebastian, which many of you know him, listen to his show. We met on Ghost Adventures. Um, and I fell in love with it. Talk about witchy city. Every shop's a witch shop. <laughs> you could get more besom brooms than you can everywhere. There's wand shops. It's Some of it's a little Disneyland. Some of it's real heavy. Some of it's real light. And I highly recommend Salem to anyone you want to go. We did some beautiful ritual for Beltane May Day. Um, and again, to, to celebrate a pagan holiday in a pagan place was pretty awesome. And we, and we had to be around real people, humans human people. It was the most amazing thing. I, you have no idea how excited I am. I've been kind of stuck in the house. It's not really good for a personality like me, <laughs> but I'm out now. Um, I've been working again. Well, a lot of you know, I filmed the Cecil house with ghost adventures during the pandemic. I must say that is the very first show I've ever done from beginning to end the two days I was there without ever taking off a mask, which is pretty funny when you are channeling you know, spirits and trying not to jump out of windows, but you have a mask on, but we got through it um, and it was pretty great. I just shot another one. I actually got to take my mask off a little bit, but we kept the social distancing. Um, I also just got to go back to the Cecil Hotel with another group of guys. Um, these are YouTubers. I, you may have heard of them. Their name is T-F-I-L, a guy named Elton Castee. Um, they are the number one paranormal group or troop on YouTube. Um, they're like young Zachs, actually. They they commit 100% just like Zach and Aaron and the guys do. They also were able to rent out the whole Cecil Hotel. And if the Cecil Hotel is as crazy as it ever was, it just launched on YouTube. If you like that sort of thing, and I think most of you do, uh, check it out. We go room to room. I'm in Elisa Lamb's room. We go up to the roof. I did a seance on the roof under the shadow of the water tower. Um, I'm there for protection. I'm teaching these guys because they're great paranormal guys. They're good guys, but they don't know a lot about psychic protection. So I'm oiling them up and teaching them all the things to do. We actually, and Elton, because he's kind of a goof guy, he brought a Dybbuk box from the Conjuring House, this, the most haunted thing that he could buy in the world he brought. So he, he is like a young Zach. So we opened that up on the roof. It was pretty funny. So far, so good. The world hasn't blown up. But I I just love getting out. These guys are, are young. They're full of life. We also just shot probably the best paranormal, intelligent paranormal experience I have ever had at the Biltmore Hotel. That's online, too, on YouTube. Just look up T-F-I-L, Haunted Biltmore, which is seance. Um, we would literally went to a room. I saw a spirit right away. And then my little talking kind of like it's a crystal ball, but it's like uh, it's like an ovulus. And it said, answer the phone. Moments later, the phone rang. We didn't get it in time. Then we went room to room and 
only in the room we told it to ring in, the phone would ring and we'd pick it up. There was nobody there, but there was somebody there. It wasn't a dial tone. You'd hear something or hear breathing. We'd get things like saying it was Elizabeth and then it click, click, dial tone. Then we went in another room and it happened again. And then it went in a third room. This was such strong stuff. We Everybody thought somebody was punking somebody because these guys, are they, they also do pranks, but nobody knew we were there. The hotel said it's impossible for just one landline to ring and nobody knew what room we were in. So that was pretty great. So again, if you like that sort of thing, check out TFIL. I'm going to try to get some of them on the witching hour because I think you guys are going to love them. You're going to love them. Um, what else have I been doing? I'm getting ready to go out to some really fun things. Um, Las Vegas, we have Babylon coming up um, this summer. Vulture City Paracon in Arizona. If those of you Ghost Adventures fans, that's a really great it's a mine. Mining places are always really haunted, I think, because of the metals in it. We're going there. Um, so follow along. Every time you have the witching hour, you get to come, maybe come join me somewhere because I'm getting out. Okay, I want to introduce you to the newest member of my family, Willow. She's eight weeks old. She's a long-haired dachshund. Uh, she's really funny and she's really smart and she's everything an eight-week-old puppy is. But I must say, I've had her three days and I think she had her first Getty Images opportunity today on Hollywood Boulevard. So she's getting her press started early. She's posed on Hollywood Boulevard. She start, stood in, the sign, in, in one of the stars. Um, a, a, a Getty photographer was there, got our picture. <laughs> and only had her three days. Her predecessor, she has, this is Willow, by the way. She's she's a wiener dog from a, a really reputable source. And she's great. There's some really great rescues out there everywhere, from Temecula to Seal Beach to everywhere. Even if you want a specific kind of dog, that's not hard. You want, you know, Dobermans, Dalmatians, and everything in the middle. There's rescues for that specific kind of dog. Um, Willow's from a beautiful place called the Graceful Dachshund Kennels, actually, a backyard breeder, not a regular, not no puppy mills. Um, but she was sent to be my, my spirit dog, Dora, who was my first little movie star. Um, she has a really great IMD page, IMDb. She, before she was a year old, I figured out she knew how to hit a mark. I, I tried her out for a film. She got the film and the little T mark. When you're on TV, they have a little T mark on tape. They put it on the floor and actors have to learn to walk to it. Dogs have to learn to walk it and stop without looking like you're looking at the mark. My dog knew how to do it automatically. Dora, she, did, she could look left, she could look right. She'd smile into camera. And when I first got her, before I got her, the people who had her said, oh my gosh, this dog smiles in the camera. This dog, she's the bravest one of the litter. This dog, all this stuff. All of a sudden, you know, 16 years later, after she's moved on to the Rainbow Bridge, these other people are going, oh my gosh, the dog poses for pictures. Willow, she's the bravest one of the thing. And I'm like, ooh. I have another movie star. Maybe, maybe, maybe she has the spirit of Dora in her. So Dora did her first movie. She's done every wiener dog racing movie. Yes, I'm a wiener woman. I'm a wiener wrangler. I'm a professional wiener wrangler. I haven't done it in a couple years, but I've spent many years running the Wiener Schnitzel Wiener Nationals races, dachshund races. Uh, racing is a really strong word because they kind of go in circles and sniff each other's butts, but they're really fun and we always do it for charity. I was working with the ad agency, my production company. I was in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of Texas, 
And I was surrounded by 200 wiener dogs. And I'm like, oh my God, these are the smartest, funniest dogs I've ever seen. I must have one. So now I now have my second. So Dora had a great career in racing as the fattest, slowest, funniest one on the circuit. A lot of press that way. And even in her old age, I must say, she, two, two years ago before she passed, she did a, a Ryan Seacrest show. She did a show called, uh, I forget what it was called. Anyway, she um, was with Mike Tyson and she drug him around the stage. So my last dog, Dora, is on a magazine cover with Mike Tyson. Even in her senior year, she was gray around the muzzle, gray around the edges. So I think she is guiding Miss Willow because today I got a call from somebody and they said it should be on Hollywood Boulevard for a thing. And there we are with a Getty photographer and Willow's first press shots. <laughs> and she posed into the camera. Now she's being a little wiggly. Well, she's sleepy. She's only eight weeks old. So welcome. You will be getting Willow updates. She has totally taken over my household, my family. It looks like I have a human child. There is more dog toys strewn, strewn across the entire floor. Blankets. You have to watch where you step. Everything that goes with an eight-week-old puppy. But I wanted to introduce you to my baby. Ah, wake up. I put her to sleep. Good. <laughs> anyway, meet Willow. Okay, you guys know that this is called the witching hour and the witching hour because I'm a witch. And what witch, it means to be a witch, really, it could be your religion, it could be your spirituality, or it can mean you take fate into your own hands and do things that change it. I am a good witch, so I only do it in a positive way, and that's the only way I recommend anyway do it. Because again, the world you create is the world you live in. But I want to talk about witches' ladders. You ever see all those people around town wearing little strings on their wrists and little strings on their ankles? That's magic. Those are magic spells. These, this plain old string, get yourself a plain old string to create a witch's ladder. Um, we create spirits all the time. Spirits, the spirit of love, the spirit of success, the spirit of failure. Um, spirits, we, many of you who do dragons, we're going to talk about dragons on another episode. Um, but we create spirits all the time. Spirits, weirdly, get caught in knots. Don't know why, they just do. Look at how many of you have seen dream catchers, like Native American dream catchers and all the little knots on the thing. That's the knots on the dream catcher that catches bad dreams. But a witch's ladder has been around forever and ever and ever. Get yourself a string, and I'm going to show you how to do a spell working. Um, we'll do a whole how to set up a spell in another episode, but know that there is never an exact way to do anything. Anybody who tells you this is the only way to do it, no. There's, there's lots of ways from my house to your house. Um, but to do a witch's ladder, get yourself a string. Now, if you want to create change, always do odd numbers. You want things the same, you would do even numbers. If your life is so perfect and your job or your relationship and you want to keep things, I would do two, four, six, or eight knots. If you want change, which most of us do, help my job, help my relationships, I would do three, five, seven, or nine. So again, I'm a big believer and I talk about this all the time, mind, body, spirit. 20,000 20, psychology books are written on it, self-help books, spirituality books. We know basic psychology will never surpass our own belief system. We have to believe, mind. Body, we have to take action. We get that. You want to get healthy, you can't sit on the couch all day. Spirit, that's the less tangible one. That's what people don't get. Because it, what is that? 
that's actually the battery that makes something happen. That you could do it through your religion, through your belief system, go to church, go to temple, pray. That's the battery. You could do a new age, you could do vision boards, you could do affirmations. That's the spirit that makes it happen. You could do what I would do, a, a witch's ladder, a candle working, spell working. That's the power that makes it happen. And when you have one, two, three, mind, body, and spirit, you get it. It's that simple. You know, unless you're trying to break the law of physics, fly without an airplane, or be a foot taller, I haven't figured that one out yet. But anything really creating in your life, literally, if you go through your whole life and look at the stuff you've accomplished, you've made happen, you've had mind, body, spirit, you've believed it, you believed you deserve it or would get it, you've taken some sort of action, and then you had spirit or faith behind it. Well, guess what? Spell working is the exact same thing. Spell working is creation working dispatch, which goes into mind, body, spirit. The creation is like, ooh, I'm gonna do a witch's ladder. I wanna do it on career. I wanna do it on health. I wanna do it on love. I wanna do it on whatever you wanna do it. I wanna do it on a little of all of it. I'm gonna get a string. Again, there's your mind setting up what you're doing. Body, you're gonna take the action. You are making literal knots and things. There's your taking action with your hands working. And the spirit is the magic you are literally blowing into it and sending it to the universe, sending to God, sending it to your angels, sending it to whatever you believe in, into this great, big, beautiful universe with many, many names. So, okay, so let's say we're gonna do, let's say a general witch's ladder. Again, spirits get caught in knots. So the first thing you're gonna do, you're gonna, we're gonna do an odd number. So let's say this first one I wanna do, um, I know, my husband's been working on the deck. I want him to safely be able to finish the deck and nobody fall through. No, of safely be able to finish the deck, this beautiful deck we have in the back of our house too, that the wood goes work, that everything works great for the thing. So I see this thing that I wanna do. I'm gonna think about it. I'm gonna, hmm, I see this work. Okay, he's working on it right now. I'm gonna, when I feel it in every cell of my body, I'm gonna get this knot ready. I'm gonna go, and I pull it tight. I have just, with my breath, you see blowing is our air. That is our pneuma, that's our life force, everything. The moisture in our breath actually is free will. That's why some cultures spit, like, oh, what a pretty baby. You don't have to spit, but the moisture is free will. That's why it's always used in magic. We just pulled it tight and we caught that nice, safe, strong deck right there. And then you usually say something because words are magic too. By not of one, the spell's begun. This plain little string just now has a little piece of magic in it, one little magic. And now, okay, now I'm gonna do something. We're gonna do a whole household thing. You're gonna get your second one ready. Okay, so again, you don't do anything negative. You don't do anything to anybody else without their permission. Because again, if you do something to somebody else without their permission, you live in a world where somebody can do it to you. You hex somebody, you curse somebody, you wish them bad. That's the world you live in. Send them love, it works every time. But now, okay, I have a new little puppy. Okay, I want Willow to have a long, healthy life. I wanna picture this beautiful little dog growing up, being happy, a long, healthy life. So I'm asking the universe, I'm asking gods, I'm asking God, I'm asking whoever that is, the big keeper of dachshunds in the sky. Okay, I'm seeing it, I'm feeling it, I'm doing it. When I'm really ready, when I really believe it, <gasps> By not of two, this spell come true. 
I just cut that beautiful wish right there. Now I've got two knots. You can feel it with what you're doing. And now I'm gonna go into a third one. Let's say I wanna do, okay, um, I know I want my Witching Hour podcast to be really successful and I want people to really like it and, and mostly get something out of it, that they get something that entertains them and makes them happy and maybe helps them in their life. Okay, like successful Witching Hour. One, two, three. <gasps> By knot of three, so shall it be. So you can go all the way up with the witch's ladder. Four. By knot of four, open this door. By knot of five, spell come alive. By knot of six, this spell bewitched by knot of seven on earth as it is in heaven by knot of eight open this gate by knot of nine we've got sounds on the outside <laughs> this spell be mine <laughs> is that okay that we did that okay we just sorry i can't help that i could try to help that by knot of nine this spell be mine so anyway now you have this beautiful string of which now i do all sorts of great things i set it up very i'm setting up i'm doing magic you know i might light a candle and some incense and then afterwards if you work with any magical oils you want to rub some oils on onto the strings and you could do that regularly to freshen it up um, maybe you have a candle and you want to waft it over the candle. Maybe you're wearing some incense and you want to waft it to charge it through the incense. And then with everything, even though the breath was a nice charge, you're breathing that knot and you cut it. I often, after my spell, this is when I'm now going to send it up to the universe. Now you've got this beautiful string and, and a lot of people wear it. You could wrap it around your, believe me, and a plain old string lasts a long time. So if you're not comfortable with that, do it so it's a bow and not a knot and you could take it off. Or what I usually do is put it on your ankle. No one can see it. If you don't want to wear it, tuck it in your bra, stick it in your pocket, but do keep it close to you for a while because you've literally caught each magic right in there and you have it whenever you want it. It works with the mind, body, spirit because every time you look at it, you remember that magic you've put. The body, you've literally got it close to your body and the spirit is the magic you put into it. So now everybody knows how to do their first magic spell. All you need is a piece of string or something that you can knot and go make your life a little bit happier and a little bit more magic. I have an amazing guest for you today. I've heard about him forever and ever and ever, and I finally got to meet him. Um, it is Lon Milo Duquette. For one, he's an amazing folk singer, and I got trying to study up on him. I just got stuck on his folk songs and his music, and he's funny, and he's guitar, and he's great. But what he really is, is when a leading magician, occultist, in the world. He is, I don't know what order of what, but he is really amazing and what he can do magically and what he teaches. So we're going to talk about magic. We're going to talk about Aleister Crowley. We're going to talk about spirits and deities and all things magic. So I am so excited to bring you on our interview today, Lon Milo Duquette. Welcome Lon. Thank you for coming on my show. Thank you for having me on and for that uh, that overly generous introduction. Ah, no, it's beautiful. I must say, uh, this week, when I'm going, again, I've heard about you from so many people who I need to have on my show, who I need to have on my show, including people I was working with last night. Um, but I, so I wanted to go do my research, but I just kept getting stuck on your music. <laughs> I've fallen in. I've, I've listened to every one of your YouTubes, all your music. You're exactly what I love in music. You're good. You're funny. You have a sense of humor about you. So 
I thank you for being you in this world. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you for recognizing. Yeah, no, that is beautiful. So many people are, again, especially what we do and getting into the mystery of life and, and serious occult magic. So many people are so damn serious. You notice? <laughs> Life's serious enough uh, without having to, to, to uh, add to it with uh, pretension. Exactly. Seriousness, yes. You are a leader. You've written lots and lots of books, and you have tarot, and you have a new tarot pouring out, which I want you to come out. What do you think the biggest misunderstanding is of people of what you do, what we do, the world we live in? Um, especially you live in Costa Mesa. My very first apartment in the world was in Costa Mesa. Beautiful, amazing. I was just out of high school myself. Um, but it really is very conservative, very Christian, very... So, yeah, what do you think the biggest misconception is? Uh, well, there's as many misconceptions as there are people to be misconceived. <laughs> uh, it's usually uh, uh, anyone who is uh, invested in the spiritual worldview of uh of an orthodox faith of some kind uh, will find uh, a dramatically different faith uh, threatening or uh, uh, completely don't don't understand things. Uh, so you know, uh, Thelema or you know Crowley's uh, kind of philosophy was that uh, you don't go around converting people to anything, okay? Uh, they, they're, they're either ready to be what they are or they're not ready to be <laughs> what they are. And uh, the only way that, that you can actually sh best share uh, what your philosophy or what your religion or what your what your light is the best way to share your light is simply just shine your light and and do it in in uh, whatever environment you find yourself now for years uh i don't know how i accidentally got a job at one of the world's biggest uh, commercial real estate firms, international commercial real estate firm. I don't know how I did it. I just started as a temp somewhere and they just bought me, and, you know, and it, um, but it was stable and it allowed me to have my own little office where I could write books <laughs> and pretend I was doing this job. Okay. And, um, but like you say, Orange County is a very, very conservative place. And this was a commercial real estate thing. And these people were just terribly materialistic and terribly uh, conservative evangelical Christians. Okay. But we had tons of things in common. Okay. We each like, we we each eat food okay oh i like food too <laughs> you know uh we i have movies in common with people 
Um, people come from the Midwest. Well, I come from the Midwest, you know. So for five years, I just found things that I had in common with people. And I realized they're just, well, they're wonderful people. You know, I, I'm not defining them by their evangelicalness or I'm not defining them by their, their almost fascist, uh, uh, racist, okay? I'm defining them by the fact that we both breathe and we both go to the bathroom, we both eat, we both go to movies and stuff. So for five years, these people thought I must be a genius because I do things just like they do. And we talk about it and we have fun talking about it. Tell people what you have coming out. You have a tarot card. Okay. Well, many, 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 many years ago, um, I published a deck of tarot cards that Constance uh, 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 and I created as part of our Monday night magic class to teach Kabbalah. Wow. Okay. They're funky. I did the line drawings, Constance painted them, but they all contain uh, uh, magical things that are also associated with, with uh, uh, the decans of the tarot. Okay. There's, I got astrological stuff on it. Each of the each of the small cards represents ten degrees of the zodiac. Each of those ten degrees has a couple of demons involved in, and a couple of angels of the Shemhamperish involved with, in and they've got a couple of ways that 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 is directly connected to the Enochian magic of the, uh, Dr. John D. And in other words, they're like flashcards of magic and Kabbalah. And uh, U.S. Games back in the uh, early '90s. Uh, published the first deck and did uh, two print, print runs and they were in print um, and sold pretty well for uh, about 10 years. U.S. Games allowed them to go out of print. I think they were quitting while they were ahead. Probably a good idea. Mm -hmm. But they were out of print for a while and then a friend of mine did a, uh, a small uh, uh, private edition of it. And then it went out for about five years. And then finally... Last year, okay, next millennium in uh, in Omaha, republished them. They reshot them. They re they. It's new, improved. Mm, you can smell the salt water still on it. It's and, beautiful. And it's beautiful. Okay, uh, and they printed up quite a few of them, and they sold out within a year. Okay, so. There's a couple other little treats I wanted to do, like on the inside of the box, I wanted to to uh, provide all the astrological information for each of the cards. And uh, so there's a, a new edition of that coming out. Because for, for about 15 years, the only way to get the first edition of the book was pay $1,100 on eBay for them, okay? So I'm excited about that. That is beautiful because it is that people, so many people don't get it. They go, do you read tarot? No, I read oracle cards. Oracle cards are great, but tarot's tarot's a philosophy. Tarot's a story. Tarot versus whatever. But that is, yeah. yours are like flashcards. I love that you have all that information right there. 
So, and that's only because I'm lazy. You know, I, I don't want to memorize all. I wanted to write on the cards themselves. So, so uh, where can we, where can I buy your deck of cards? <laughs> uh, go to Next Millennium uh, Books and Gifts, I guess, in Omaha, Nebraska. And you can order uh, uh, the, I, I guess it's officially pre-order, um, but it'll, they're only going to be out in a couple of weeks. So okay. next millennium, Omaha, Nebraska. They okay. are also, they're also going to print or reprint the new edition of My Homemade Magic, which originally came out a few years back on Llewellyn. Okay, now, so tell us about homemade magic. It is uh, all magic is homemade. My discussion with you right now is a homemade discussion. <laughs> I can't do anything that isn't homemade. That's because you're at home. Because I'm. This is where I live. Okay. And uh, believe it or not, most magicians are solitary practitioners. They just are. You may have friends. You may belong to uh, uh, an occult order or two and things like that. But nobody learns magic from an occult order. You learn it yourself. And then you hang out with people that learned it themselves, dude, you know, have arguments in the bar. But uh, uh, so all magic is ultimately homemade and every magician is ultimately a solitary practitioner. And uh, so this book was uh, the second uh, of my autobiographies, okay? The first one was My Life with the Spirits, which is 1993, 95, or something like that. Oh. Okay, it's an, it's an autobiography. I teach magic, but anecdotally. And homemade magic is like my life with the spirits part two. That is, and so, so it's not just theory. It's how how one would put theory into practice. All the mistakes you make, all the things that blow up in your face, and all the things that accidentally work, and and uh, it sort of brings magic into uh, well, how does a real human being do this? How does a flawed, stupid, bumbling, oaf do magic and consider it magic. That is beautiful. Now I've got to get that book too. One thing I could say, when you open this up saying you were lazy, somebody who has written 25 plus books can't be that lazy. <laughs> I, well, it took many years to do. <laughs> uh -huh. and, and and I was drug kicking and screaming into every one of those projects. Uh, so, uh, yeah, you know, if I wasn't lazy, I, I I would have written hundreds by now. But I, I sure, it's just I do this to keep from actually doing something really good. <laughs> You're <laughs> funny. So, I before we go, and I do I want you to introduce to everybody where they can find you, so we can all go look. Um, but I want to go back way back to the beginning when you were talking about the '60s and LSD. What do you think now, whether you've tried it or not, or if you want to have, have, have of the whole DMT thing? I, if I had taken some, I would venture to uh, 
voice an opinion, but I haven't. Okay. And, uh, but many people I love and respect have, and their descriptions of it has allowed me to form at least a tentative uh, 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 opinion about it because it deals with consciousness. And I think a lot about consciousness. The, you know, when people die, uh, say on a hospital bed or, you know, something nonviolent and, and lingering or something, uh, whereby we can sort of monitor uh, their description of their consciousness as, as they're going through uh, phases of the death coma. And uh, we compare those to the, the handbook of dying uh, provided us by the uh, uh, Egyptian Book of the Dead. And uh, I'm less familiar with the Tibetan Book of the Dead, but I'm assuming it's relatively uh, similar in, in places anyway. That life itself existence and being is a function of consciousness, just like the, the quantum physicists tell us that existence is a, is a function of consciousness. They're saying that. Magicians have been saying that from Correct. time immemorial. And uh, uh, consciousness uh, is not restricted to the three-dimensional uh, space that we're in, nor the relative movement within that space that creates what we laughingly call time. And uh, the idea of many of the DMT uh, uh, descriptions, some of the more, more colorful ones, uh, are all being related by someone who's uh, whose captivity by that small three-dimensional universe is all of a sudden slipped into a more multiple faceted level of consciousness immediately. Yeah. Okay. And, and something that's very, very common to all of those experiences is that they seem to just appear in another environment complete with other beings who seem quite surprised to see them pop in to their cocktail, reptile cocktail party, okay? Or, or, or something like that, and who aren't particularly happy to see them, okay? Now, imagine that you didn't actually move or go anywhere, that all of these multiple dimensions are existing in one solid human <laughs> singularity, and you're just moving from place to place as your vibratory level of consciousness increases. So that would make you appear to them 
as all of a sudden, oh, it'd be like if we were sitting with a cocktail party and all of a sudden some being took a drug and synchronized their frequency of consciousness exactly to my living room and then popped up and they look different and everything else and they look confused <laughs> and you're not particularly happy to see them okay if a reptile guy pops up in my cocktail party the first thing everybody's going to say is hey get the hell out of whoa what are you doing and that's just how the description of these uh, experiences happen. So what I'm thinking is, because this is exactly the same kind of chemical reaction that takes place in uh, the glandular part of our brains during the death coma, where we are now getting ready to transition into another dimensional space, okay? that the, the DMP, uh, DMT uh, uh, accelerates your consciousness temporarily to that level and slips you literally into what's going on right where you're sitting yeah. <laughs> right now in other dimensions that are intersecting ours. Okay, it must be absolutely fascinating wonderful uh, uh, experience, but it would be a mistake to project any sort of superstitious either hopes or fears onto that and try to describe it and explain it uh, in terms of old religions. <laughs> Gods, aliens, old religions. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, I I actually have done it. One, I I was in youth, the same LSD and all that. Not quite the '60s, but the '70s and into the '80s. But I a couple, last year, I think I tried ayahuasca for the first time, and it was pretty great an experience. And again, the dimensional change. But I just not too long ago tried DMT and unexplainable and magical. And there were there's certainly those other beings there. They weren't they weren't they were very friendly though. They were like, it was like I had complete control of everything. And it was just, they're so polite. <laughs> so maybe they're used to people. Oh, they would be the for you. Party now. But I, and then they to have other people you, so. explaining the same thing that they went there. It's just, I'm just more fascinated with the, everything out there that we don't see more than I ever was now. So, well, you know, in the Eleusinian mysteries, uh, in the Lucis, uh, went on for 2,000 years. That's that's a long time to keep a club going. <laughs> uh, uh, we're pretty sure that they dosed everybody with ergot, and, uh, uh, which is like LSD. And uh, uh, at, the, at the very end of the... I don't know, the Lesser Mysteries had, it was, I don't know how many weeks, and Greater Mysteries was at least several days long. Um, they get you so prepped to receive the ultimate revelation that whatever they would do at that moment 
would be the ultimate revelation to you. <laughs> okay. And I guess they, they revealed just a, a shaft of wheat one at a time. You know, they, they initiated everybody in groups up until that one climactic point. And they, they revealed this shaft of wheat. And just like many acid trips that I went on, you sort of go, you, you pick up, once I was out in a field and it had an underground river under the field and you could feel this the, the water and the life and everything else. And I was on psilocybin. And uh, I, you know, you get hung up looking at stuff. And, and I, I sort of picked up of this cylindrical kind of pebble, I thought. And it wasn't a pebble, it was a chrysalis. It was a cocoon. And it was moving. And it was as if it was getting ready to burst out. And, and I went, wow. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, that's what they did in Eleusis, okay? They showed him that shaft of wheat, and everybody goes, oh, wow, <laughs> you know? And, uh, but the thing every Eleusinian initiate had in common was afterwards they said, hey, man, I'm not sure what really happened there, but I know one thing. I don't fear death anymore. And that's because at that moment of death coma, the DMT kicks on. <laughs> you go, oh, this is a much bigger dimension than I ever thought it was. And oh, gee, I'm not my toes and my lips and my, you know, my meat, <laughs> you know. Oh, I've never started and I'm never going to end. This is just great stuff, okay? And uh, so I, I think that's probably the, the, the greatest gift to mankind, things like uh, uh, the psychedelic experience can give. Because to tell you the truth, you know, once you've slipped into another dimension, you know that what starts and ends with what we call birth and death here <laughs> is really the smallest little corner of existence. Okay. Yeah, yeah, so much to to find. Um, thank you. Oh my gosh, I have so many questions, but we are running out of time. So will, will you come back another time? Oh sure. Yay! Sure. Thank and you. I'll, All right. I'll, so I'll um, my blue ball here. Yes, we've got the blue balls. <laughs> um, so tell everybody where they can find you, including your amazing music. Oh uh, well, if you just Google Lon Milo Duquette. Uh, You'll find music, you'll find uh, links to um, um, uh, my music, all my books. Uh, all my books are on Amazon. All my music is on Amazon, too. But uh, for my daily readings and my daily, the closest thing I've got to a daily blog is uh, my Facebook page. And I'm reading all my books, excerpts from all my books. Mm. Uh, every morning at 10 o'clock on my Facebook page. But if you just Google Lon Milo Duquette and browse, you'll run into all sorts of 
wonderful things, including people that say I'm in the CIA and I've started World War II. Of course. <laughs> and some, again, beautiful information, beautiful music, funny music, music that makes a statement and everything in between. Thank you guys so much for listening to The Witching Hour. If you like it, please tell your friends about it and please come back. If you don't like it, tell me why. Maybe I'll fix it. <laughs> you can find me everywhere. Podbean, Apple, Spotify, all the usual places. So look at me on social media. I'm on Facebook, Patty Negri Psychic Medium. Instagram, Patty.Negri. Twitter, at Patty Negri. And everywhere else social media is. So thank you for listening. Get my book if you don't have it. Sign up for my newsletter. I send them monthly every two or three months where there's more magic all the time. Thank you for listening to The Witching Hour. I am Patty Negri. And do remember, magic is everywhere. You just got to look sometimes. <laughs>